Erev Tov, good evening. We are in the Rambam's introduction to the Mishneh Torah. Dealing with the Nevi'im. We spoke about Hoshea. We spoke about Amos. We are now about to mention the next Navi in a row, which his name is Yishayahu. Yishayahu is probably the more famous of those Nevi'im that you're familiar with. There's a book that I highly recommend, if you can get your hands on it. It's available both in Hebrew and in English. Uh, the Hebrew version is called Otsar Ishei HaTanach. Um, it's printed not by Feldheim, actually. The English version is printed by them, I believe. No, by Shire Press. That must be Art Scroll. It's uh, translated into English as the Encyclopedia of Biblical Personalities, Otsar Ishei HaTanach, by Rabbi Yishai Chasidam. Essentially, what this book does is it takes you through all the different people that are mentioned in the Tanakh and tells you whatever our rabbis shared about them. Little snippets of information from the Midrashim, from the Talmud, from different uh, uh, pieces of, of our Chachamim's writings. So you could piece together a little bit of the life of the Nevi'im or, or anybody else from the Tanakh for that matter. A brief overview. It says here in the Rambam on page Lamed Chet, Line 2. So, right after the little letter Chaf, the last word on the line. Vishaya kibel me'amos uvedino. Yishaya received his oral tradition from Amos in his Bedin. So let's spend a little bit of time discussing the Navi Yishayahu. Our rabbis tell us that in Masechet Pesachim, that he was the first of the Nevi'im who prophesied in this time. And they are Hoshea, Yishayahu, Amos, and Micha. Our rabbis in the Midrash tell us something interesting about Yishayahu, and he adds to a list of personalities. I once started writing a Ma'amar about this back in the day, in the writings of Abu Yosef Masas, that he was born Mahul already. He did not need a Brit Milah. His lifetime spanned those of four different kings of Israel. Our rabbis speak about a special relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Yishayahu. Yishayahu refers to himself as an Evid, as a servant of Hashem. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu also refers to Yishayahu as an Evid. It's an interesting uh, idea that this relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Yishayahu is mutual. Many people call themselves many things, but not all of them have that confirmed to them by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Both King Chizkiyahu and Yishayahu the prophet would pray with their tzitziot on them. Our rabbis make a point of mentioning that. And that Yishayahu lived until the age of 120. Immediately when you hear the words 120, you're going to be triggered to remember who else lives to 120. Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe very good. And that triggers a whole slew of Midrashim, of our rabbis, who compare Yishayahu the prophet to Moshe Rabbeinu. 
our rabbis say in the Midrash, Kol mitnabim, all the prophets who would prophesy, they did not know, they were not conscious of what they were actually prophesying. Moshe and Yishayahu, both of them possess a special character trait that they knew while they were prophesying what they were prophesying. Obviously, in different ways. You cannot compare Moshe Rabbeinu, Shalom, Nevi'im, one of the 13 principles of the Rambam, that Moshe Rabbeinu is greater than all the other prophets. But if there's one that comes in the second, it will be Yishayahu. Our rabbis tell us that similar to Moshe Rabbeinu, Yishayahu received his prophecies not from other prophets, but directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whatever that means. Yishayahu, the prophet, has many, many prophecies, not just about Am Yisrael, but also about the downfall of the nation surrounding Am Yisrael. The commentaries in general are a little puzzled as to why Yishayahu spends so much time prophesying about other nations. Perhaps, just a theory, perhaps you might say that part of the comfort of Am Yisrael was to know that even those mighty nations around them would not last as long as Am Yisrael would. The rabbis in Midrash Vaykara say that before Yeshayahu was going to become a prophet, HaKadosh Bokhu warned him, much like my father warned me, that being in the rabbi business is no good for anybody. And that the Jewish people are very difficult people. Amar lo HaKadosh Bokhu. HaKadosh Bokhu tells Yeshayahu, My children are difficult, they're burdensome. Sarvanim him. They are obnoxious. They, they, they uh, fight with you about everything. If you are willing to be abused physically and emotionally by my children, you are going to be appointed by me as a prophet. And if you're not able to handle the suffering of the Jewish people that they will inflict on you, you are not able to go out and be a prophet on my behalf. And Yeshayahu hears this and he says, I'm going. Inevitably, part of working with people is that there will be people who love you and people who hate you. I'll tell you the truth. I will tell you Mamash, the, the truest thing I can say. In all my years working with people, and it's been a long time already, even though that's old, it's been a long time, I can tell you, there's a, there's a famous... Uh, There's a famous piece of Gemara. If you remember, there was a king. His name was Yanai HaMelech. Yanai HaMelech was very famous, or infamous, should I say, in the Jewish community, because he was on a, a campaign to kill as many... Who? Very good. As many Chachamim as possible. He was on a campaign to destroy Chachamim. The wife of HaMelech Yanai was... Shlom Tzion. Very good. Shlom Tzion Amalka. Shlom Tzion, the queen, is the sister of a famous Chacham, Rabbi Shimon ben Shetach. Rabbi Shimon ben Shetach is good friends with another rabbi by the name of Rabbi Yoshua ben Parachia. Rabbi Yoshua ben Parachia is the author of the sixth Mishnah Parachiavot, and very famously in Jewish tradition is none other than the rabbi of Yeshu Hanotzri, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. He was his rabbi. And so, there was a famous incident in Am Yisrael where Yanai begins killing out all the Chachamim. 
And many of the Chachamim flee down to Egypt. That's where they hide for a long time. Until Shimon ben Shetach, who doesn't flee. Why does Shimon ben Shetach not flee? Well, she hid him. Yes, but meaning she has connections. <laughs> he has connections with the, with the government. He doesn't have to run away. By the way, this is very similar to Yishayahu Hanavi, if I could just say. I mentioned to you in a different shiur earlier, maybe a few weeks ago, I don't remember when. Yishayahu ben Amotz. He is the son of the son of King Yoash. Because of this, our rabbis say that Yishayahu was not afraid to speak bad about Am Yisrael. He knew that Yirmiyahu, for example, who would speak bad about Am Yisrael, Yirmiyahu was destroyed by the Jewish people. But he knew, as Yishayahu Hanavi, that they wouldn't touch him. They were afraid of him because he was from the royal family. He had connections in Hebrew, what they call protectia. Uh, he had uh, an in with the government. So, Rabbi Shimon Machetach stays in Eretz At a certain point in time, he gives a signal to the Yeshivot to start coming back. That is when Yeshu HaNotzri gets thrown out of Yeshiva and goes to start his own religion. Rabotai, uh, it's very important when you study anything about Christianity, the early years of Christianity, the history of Christianity. There are two types of people who study Christianity. Those who study all about Christianity from Christian sources. Obviously those people are incorrect. And there are all those people who study Christianity uh, from the books of the Jewish people who write all kinds of counter-missionary works. Those people are also incorrect. Uh, neither of them have an understanding of the, of the history of that time period properly. It would be proper to go to real Chachamim and to learn from them exactly what was going on in this time period. What was the origin? What was the... Uh, too much nonsense has been written about a topic that is a very serious topic. The topic of the split away of the Christians, the early Christians from Judaism, is very important. It's not just important to understand the history then. It's not just important to understand the, the relation between ourselves, or the lack thereof, between ourselves and the Christian faith, but also to understand how dangerous the schisms that we're facing inside of Am Yisrael today are to the future of our people. What people look at as insignificant. Well, it's, what's a big deal that they believe X, Y, or Z? What's a big deal that they... Well, it really is a big deal, because look what will happen to us if we don't take care of those big deals. But Mamash, not for a shiul right now. I have a shiul online called Yeshu in the Talmud, a very brief shiul that I once gave in my uh, foundations class. It's not a public shiul, but if you would like a link to that shiul, I'm happy to send it to you privately if you reach out to me after this shiul. The story happens that King Yanai tells his wife, he tells her, you should be very careful. Uh, do not fear, he says. Do not fear from the tzidukim. Why not the tzidukim? The tzidukim are the enemies of the rabbis, the Sadducees and the enemies of the Pharisees. Says Sheem Ohavenu, they love us. Is then don't fear the Pirushim, the rabbis, the Pharisees. Why? Because they hate us. You know that they hate you. You see a chacham in the street. You should know that he hates uh, King Yanai and his family. Ella, rather, who should he be afraid of? His hari min Be very careful from the hypocrites. Listen carefully, from the hypocrites. She'osim ma'aseh zimri. They do the act of zimri. Remember the terrible prince of Israel who did some terrible things in front of Pinchas, But they ask for a reward as if they are Pinchas the, the, the great. There are certain types of people in the world that are very dangerous. The most dangerous are not your enemies. You know to be aware of your enemies. Who you're never able to protect yourself from are those people who pretend to be your friends, but are really your enemies. What, do our, what does the Torah say? The Torah says, Lotisna, Lotisna who? 
right? Do not hate your brother in your heart. Why? Why? Chachamim tell us, it's an avera for you. If you hate somebody, hate them. Meaning, you're not supposed to hate people. But if you hate them, don't pretend here to love them and here to hate them. Because what's going to happen one day? They're going to come to the Beit Knesset. They forgot to say hello to you. You, for six weeks, have been counting all the bad things they've done to you. Boom! You blow up and then you smack them across the face. They go flying out of the... What happened? Why did you blow up? I didn't have no idea you're mad at me. I, I would come talk to you if I knew. I would stay away from you if I knew that I couldn't fix it. It's an evil thing to pretend to love a person and really to hate them. Sometimes you may consider it more evil than just hating them outright. Rabbi Yosef Masas writes that an ish tzibur, a person who uh, works with the public, domehu, I don't remember his exact language, in Nachalat Avot he writes, domehu, he's similar to somebody who they bind him up and they put him in front of a lion. If the lion is hungry, he'll devour him. And if not, he'll wait until later when he's hungry and then devour him. This is the fate of all those who work with the community. That they, if they're not devoured now, somebody will devour them later. I will tell you, the most difficult part of being a rabbi anywhere, of being a leader anywhere, are not the people who you know don't like you. Those people you know to stay away from them. I know exactly who doesn't like me. And I stay as far away from them as humanly possible. It's not always possible, but as far as humanly possible. I also know who loves me, and I stay as close to you as I possibly can. The people that I don't know what to do with are those who sometimes love me, sometimes hate me. Those people are terrifying. I don't know, one day I'm going to cross them. Who knows what they're going to say about me? One day I'm going to slip up. One day it's going to happen. They say, Lashon Agar, somebody else blows up at the... It happened before. It'll happen again. I don't live under any illusions. But those people are the most frightening. Yishayahu was very close to Chizkiyahu HaMelech, the King Chizkiyahu. Well, there's a famous incident in Masechet Berachot, I believe it's mentioned. Uh, for sure, Doron remembers. Anybody who just did the Dafyomi, you may have also recalled this story recently. What happens between Yishayahu and Chizkiyahu? Yishayahu comes to give Musa to Chizkiyahu. What does he tell him? That he didn't get married. Why don't he get married? You have to get married and have children. What does Chizkiyahu HaMelech say? He saw that his son is going to be a Rasha. He saw his son will be a Rasha. Who is his son? Who is the son of Chizkiyahu Menach? Menashe. Menashe is the son of Chizkiyahu. Menashe, about him, about him, there's a famous story in the Talmud that he, he would lift up his robe so he could run to worship Avodah Zarah. That's how much he loved Avodah Zarah. And there's a famous Chacham who once made fun of Menashe. Menashe came to him in a vision. Told him, how dare you talk about me? If you were my generation, you'd be leaping. I mean, that was, if you'd be my generation... You would lift your robe to run after the Avodah Zah. What are you making fun of me for? I'm your friend. Do you know me? Are we, do we know each other? Nonetheless, Menashe is not a good man. Regardless of how Chachamim will piece his life together later. Ultimately, the Midrash tells us, the Talmud, that Menashe killed Yishayahu Navi. One of our Chachamim say, he found a book, a Megillah Sefer Yuchasin, Megillah Yuchasin, a scroll that has lineages. And in there it mentions that Menashe, the son of Chizkiyahu, killed Yishayahu. In the Gemara Masechet Yivamot, in page 49b, Menashe haragat Yishayahu, dan otov, amar lo, he judged him, and he put him on trial. 
He says to him, Moshe Rabcha Amar, Moshe, your rabbi says, Ki lo yirani adam v'chai, a person will not see me and live. V'ata omer, and you said, V'ret Adonai Yoshev, I saw Hashem sitting, I see Hashem sitting. Meaning, how dare you say that Moshe Rabbeinu is wrong? It's a very special type of evil person. An evil person who uses religion, uses Torah to destroy other people. We're not lacking such people in the world today. It's a certain personality who, all of a sudden, when they're about to do evil, they cloak themselves in the cloak of righteousness. Amar Yishayahu, Yishayahu says, Mikiro ani mimeni shum tshuva. I know that he won't accept anything that I'll say. He won't listen. And if I tell him something, There's a few different ways to read this, but let's just say, if I answer him, then he'll kill me, and he'll be guilty of killing me, even though there's an answer. Now this is obviously a piece of Agadah, so don't take it literally. He says a certain utterance of Hashem's name, and swallows himself up into a piece of cedar wood, a cedar tree. They brought a, an axe, uh, axe uh, saw. They begin sawing the wood. When they reach the mouth of Yishayahu Hanavi, he died. Mishum da'amar, because with his mouth, Yishayahu said, Uvetoch am tamis safataim anochi yoshev, I'm sitting with a nation that has impure lips. Don't get stuck on this milash here. Understand though, there's a little bit of rebuke here again. Who is speaking bad about my children? I sent you as an avi to fix my people, not to speak bad of my people. Kshenivla ba'erez, a rabbi is a masech zanhedrin, on page... His clothing, his tzitziot, stayed hanging out of the tree. They didn't get swallowed in. And that's how Menashe knew that he was in that tree. They went and they sliced the tree until blood came out of the tree. Ultimately, Menashe is the one who kills Yishayahu. Yishayahu is the one who tells Chizkiyahu to have the son in the first place. And it's again one of those stories which is very which reminds us of Yehoyada Kohen saving Yoash and Yoash being the one to kill Zechariah. This is a cycle over and over and over again. There's so many Midashim about Yeshayahu and his life and all kinds of fascinating pieces of information. I really wanted, with your permission, to do a little more about Yeshayahu, if it's possible, to get into the shiur today as much as we can about Yeshayahu Anavi. I ask for this part, if you can get a Tanakh in front of you, if you're unable to pull up a Tanakh, at the very least, you should use your Safari app and find the book of Yeshayahu. Isaiah.
In Shael Perik Aleph, chapter 1. Now we read this Haftarah fairly recently in Parashat Devarim, in the three weeks. And I spoke extensively about this Haftarah in our Kila here on Shabbat. But it's still important for me that we discuss this Haftarah again, especially here in the Rambam class, in the context of the Shi'u. I want to walk away, you know, Yishayahu and Avi split up into many, many, many segments. There's a few interesting things if I could tell you about the book of Yishayahu. Uh, Yishayahu and Avi is not a book that is necessarily written in chronological order. In fact, most of the Nivot of Yishayahu and Avi are not tied to specific places or locations or events or people. They're very uh, detailed but generic prophecies that could, could take place anywhere in his lifetime. Uh, which he spoke about Yerushalayim, he spoke about Israel, he spoke about Tshuva, he spoke about Galut, he spoke about many, many, many ideas, but not necessarily he went here and prophesied there, and then in this year he went in that place. There are definitely pieces like that in the book of Yeshayahu, but not all of them, not, not even most of them, if I would have to say. Another thing is clear to us, most of us, that seemingly the breaks in the book of Yeshayahu are not all understandable, why they would be broken up this way. And it's much easier for us to just admit or agree that the Catholic Church uh, broke up the book of Yeshayahu however they wanted to break up the book of Yeshayahu. And really our rabbis viewed Yeshayahu more in terms of stages of Nivuah. You know, every time he says the word Hoy, uh, those are different uh, um, simanim in the book of Yeshayahu and other such things. It doesn't really make a difference for us. Uh, but I just want you to know the book of Yeshayahu is a little different than some of the other books of our Nivuim. Lastly, I think it's important that the book of Yeshayahu has in it many relevant messages for us today. There are things, you know, the Chachamim have a milash about Yeshayahu. I want to tell you where it is. I don't recall. The Chachamim record a conversation where they call him Yeshayahu Rabbeinu, Rabbi Yeshayahu. The things that you're prophesying about, are they only for this generation? And tell them, no, they're for future generations as well. There is a lot of relevance in the book of Yeshayahu. If you wish to study a Navi extensively, to take a Musa away from the book of the Navim, the book of Yeshayahu is the right place to go to. It's also a book that Jewish people have some kind of baggage with because uh, very often missionaries from the Christian faith use the book of Yeshayahu to try to prove all types of uh, different messages to the Jewish people. It's very easy to refute most of the missionaries' claims. It takes two things. One, for people to actually read Tanakh. If Jewish people read Tanakh, they wouldn't get caught off guard when Christians quote to them passages they never knew existed in the Tanakh. So just put down some of the other books you spend your time reading and just go back and read a little bit more of Tanakh. Two, the better you, the better uh, handle you have on the Hebrew language, even in terms of reading it or, or translating it, the better you know Hebrew, the least susceptible you are, the less susceptible you are to people manipulating words and texts to be able to prove things to you that are not actually inside of the Hebrew itself. Let's look at this first part of his Nivlai, really the way he opens up his book. Chazon Yishayahu ben Amot. This is the vision of Yishayahu, the son of Amot. Asher chazal Yehuda v'Yerushalayim that he prophesied over Yehuda and Yerushalayim b'me Uziyahu Yotam Achaz Zechizkiyahu Malchai Yehuda in the lifetime of these four kings. Shimu shamayim v'azini aretz ki Adonai diber banim gidalti v'romamti v'hem pashuvi. It's a very famous pasuk, and the Chachamim talk a little bit about why it talks about. Listen, heavens, here, earth, why this order is different than what we find in the Torah, where we first say, 
הזינו השמיים ואדברה, ותשמע הארץ עם אפי. משה רבנו has this פסוק opposite. There's seemingly something different about the message of Yishayahu Anavi that he uses these words here, not from right now. But this feeling here, בנים גידלתי ורוממתי והם פשעובי. Anybody here who has had children that are teenagers, my parents included, have felt this פסוק. What does that mean? בנים גידלתי ורוממתי. I raised children. I gave them everything. I drove them to soccer practice. I picked them up from school. I took them in the middle of the night to the doctor. I, I checked their temperature. I changed their diaper. Whatever it is you did for them. I spent money I didn't have on school. Whatever you did for your children. Only so one day they should look at you in the face and say, you don't know me. This attitude that a child gives a parent, Banim gidalti veromamti vem pashubi, says HaKadosh Baruch I raised these children, Am Yisrael, and they've rebelled against me. They've hurt me. They've done things to me which are a pesha. Even the ox, the donkey, they know who owned them. In general, for those of you who ever had animals in your life, animals know, for the most part, not all, know who owned them. They know who to come to. They know who to chirp at, who to bark at, who to run to, who, who to protect. Animals are fiercely loyal. Even the ox, the donkey, says the Kaddish who knows who owns them. Yisrael lo yada, ami lo hitbonan. My people, they don't know, they have never thought about, they never comprehended that they are mine. And then, Yishayahu Hanavi turns to the Jewish people and says some of the most vicious words Vicious in a positive way, meaning words of rebuke, very harsh rebuke to Am Yisrael. All of them are crimes that Am Yisrael are still guilty of today in our generation of ever before. Look in Pasuk Yod. Let's say Tet. I don't want to get into it. Listen to me. Listen to the word of Hashem, you officers of Sdom. Sdom. That's what you call Israel. I'm Israel. Officers of Sdom. Listen to the teachings of Hashem, you people of Amora. Why do I need your sacrifices? I have enough fat and enough blood and enough. I don't need any of these things, says the Kadosh Panai, When you come to see my face, who asked you to come to me? Who asked you to trample my courtyards? Who needs you in my Bera Knesset? In my Bera Mikdash? Stop bringing me offerings. It's an incense of abomination for me. I'm repulsed by it. I hate your holidays. I hate your new moons. Hayu alayla torach, they've become burdensome for me. Nileti neso, I can't, I can't handle it anymore. 
When you pour, spread out your arms to me, I will hide my eyes from you. And when you increase the prayer to me, you need more prayers, more 40 days in the Kotel, more walking around people's graves. Whatever tefillot you throw at me, says the Kedosh Baruch and then he shall may I will not listen to them anymore. Yidechem damim your hands are full of blood. Rachatzu, wash them. Hizaku, purify them. Hasiru roam alechem minegdenai. Get rid of all of your evils from before me. Chidlu harea, stop doing evil. Limdu hetev, learn how to do good. Dirshu mishpat, stop coming to the better Knesset. Stop offering me offerings. Learn how to seek justice. Ashru chamutz. Take care of those people that are victims of others. Shiftu yatom rivu almana. Do justice for the orphan. Fight on behalf of the widows. Look in Pasuk 21. Echa haita lezona kirya neemana. How did this loyal, faithful city become a zona? The city used to be full of mishpat tzedek, of righteous judgment, justice. And now, now it's full of murderers. Murderers who go to Berakneset. Murderers who bring a lot of sacrifices. Murderers who pray all day long. Your leaders, Am Yisrael, your leaders, the holy people you look up to, they love money. They're a band of thieves. Orphans they don't care about. And they couldn't care less about the weak people in the community who don't donate enough, who are not there enough, who are not powerful enough, who are not famous enough. And that's where the Navi tells us in chapter 1, Pasuk 26. I will one day return to you, your proper leaders. And after you have proper leadership restored, you will be called the righteous city, the faithful city. Tzion will be redeemed through justice. And all those who return to her will do that through tzedakah, through righteousness, through tzedek. Yishayahu Hanavi is calling out HaKadosh Baruch Hu's people and saying, who needs you to be so religious? You're so obsessed with mitzvot, with tefillah, with korbanot. What happened to the people? What happened to the weak people? What happened to your obsession with money? Corruption, power, greed. What about those mitzvot? I don't need dead animals, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I have enough animals in the world. I need blood dripping off my mizbech. I need someone to stand up for those who have no one else to stand up for them. That's your mitzvah, Am Yisrael. I believe that Am Yisrael has learned nothing since this nivuah. 
Nothing. In fact, if the Navi were to come today, he would say, wow, it's so special that someone so old could be so relevant. Don't be surprised when a prophecy of thousands of years is so relevant, it should hurt you it's still relevant. Why has this book not become obsolete? Yeshayahu is begging for us to put him out of business. Get me to stop prophesying. Just do tzedek. Do what's right. Do what's good. Stop being so religious. On account of all those people who you trample to get to the courtyards of Hashem. There's another teaching that until tonight I didn't really see the connection. But I want to, I want to force a connection there. Even if there isn't one. If you look in Perich uh, Haftet the book of Yeshua is a beautiful book, a tragic book, but a beautiful book. In chapter 29 of Yeshayahu, Yeshayahu speaks out against Am Yisrael again. This time for something seemingly different. In verse 13 of chapter 29, Vayomer Adonai Hashem says, Yan kinigash amazeh, this nation has come close. Befiv visfatav kibduni, they respect me, they honor me with their lips, with their mouths. Veliborichak mi many, but their hearts are so distant from me. In their awe of me, their fear of me, is mitzvat anashim melumada. How do they translate that here? Is like rote learning of human commands. Okay, that's a nice translation. Mitzvat anashim melumada. I don't have a mikrodot here in front of me. I recall there being a beautiful malbim on this pasuk. Um... Over here in the Mepharshim explain what is mitzvah tanashim melumada. People who don't do anything Jewish because they know it to be right, they don't understand anything they're doing, they go through all the right motions because mitzvah tanashim melumada. That's how they were told to do it. That's how they were raised to do it. That's how they were educated to do it. But they never ask questions. They have no serious comprehension of the actions that, are, that, they, that they do. What will be the consequence of a Judaism that has no logic to it, that has no thought in it? I will I will continue to perform more wonders against this people. Wonder upon wonder. The ultimate consequence the wisdom of its wise men will be lost and the understanding of its sages will become concealed. The Rambam talks about this when he tells us that he's living in a world where he experiences firsthand the wisdom of the sages have been lost. That those who should have understanding no longer have understanding. Jewish leadership has crumbled into the earth. We don't have people we can look up to anymore. We don't have those tzaddikim of yesterday. Wow, that's what a Jewish person looks like. 
there's a piece, it's an unlikely source for me to quote, but this book was a very dear book to me in my childhood. I spent many, 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 many hours studying the Kitzur Shukhan Aruch of Rabbi Shlomo Gansfried, along with the notes of Rabbi Mordechai Eliyahu, So if you want to find this passage in Sepharia, you would go click on Halakha, then click on Kitzur Shukhan Aruch, not Shukhan Aruch, Kitzur Shukhan Aruch, and then you will click on chapter 6. Before a person recites any blessing, you have to know which bracha you're saying in the first place. Don't say, Don't do that now. Do that before you say the bracha. Say a bracha with intent, with kavana. You cannot do anything while you bless. The people who do Asher Yatzar, and they're drying their hands, they're walking up and down the hallway, don't do anything. You're saying a bracha. Stand still. Sit down. Don't do anything while you say a bracha. Don't say brachot too fast. And Make sure that you understand, you, you, you intend the words that you are saying. You have intention behind them. And this is a quote, says Rabbi Shlomo Gansfried, from the writings of the Seva Chassidim. Who wrote Seva Chassidim? Not all at once. Someone Google it quickly. Who wrote Seva Chassidim? I believe Abiyu Dan Chassid wrote Seva Chassidim. Am I correct? Someone Google it before me. Seva Chazim writes the following. When you wash your hands, or you make a blessing over the fruits, or any of the other brachot that everybody knows by heart. You should have in mind, you created this apple for me. You made some, it's unbelievable chesed that Kadosh did for the world. And a person shouldn't do things the way they do a minhag, just by rote. That's the way I was told to do things. They say things with their mouth, they have no comprehension of what they're saying. About this thing, HaKadosh Baruch was angry. And he sent us a prophet to tell us, Yishayahu, Interesting, here it says Rachak. But the Tanakh seems to say Rachak. And the, the relationship they have with me is by road, just the way they taught, they were taught. Look at the actions of my children. They only do things superficially. Their whole Judaism is a Judaism of minhagim. It's just the way they were told to do things. 
like a person who holds on to anything sentimental from their parents, from their grandparents. Ba'im beveti, they come to my home. Umitpalalim lefanai tefilot akvuot, and they say all of the prayers they have to say, like their fathers told them to say it, without any, any heart in there. They clean their hands, they bless and they cut the bread and they say, they eat and they drink and they make brachot, exactly like they were taught how to do. But all of these blessings, they say, they never have any real intention to bless me. And the Kadosh Baruch says the consequence of a Judaism that lacks any type of thought, any consciousness, any intellectual connection. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says the consequence will be that the wisdom of the wise will be lost. The understanding of the sages will disappear. You have to think about the right things you do. You have to have kavana. You have to intend. You have to have proper intentions when you do the mitzvot. So part of me was sitting here today preparing the shiul. I was thinking to myself, what's the connection between the first prophecy of Yeshayahu and 29 chapters later? In the first chapter of Yeshayahu, the Navi is calling out Jewish leadership, which educates people to pray, educates people to do mitzvot, educates people to do all of the convenient mitzvot, except for the ones that involve helping people, being there for people, standing up for the unpopular causes in the world. HaKadosh says, when you become an Ira Tzedek, to become an Ira Tzedek, to become a faithful city, you'll have to cleanse your hands. But this time, not cleansing your hands like you did for Amitilat Yadayim, to really purify yourself, to learn how to do Hetev, to learn how to do good. Fight for the orphans. Fight for the widows. Tzion b'mishpati Tzion will be redeemed through real justice. And the leadership? What about that leadership? How did we get such a leadership? We deserve such leadership. I believe this is my interpretation of the Navi. A Judaism that doesn't think a Judaism that doesn't challenge. A Jewish people who is apathetic to its own traditions. A Jewish people who, who are illiterate entirely of the books of the Torah that we have. Whether that's the Tanakh itself, the Mishnah, the Talmud, the books of Halakha, whatever those books are. A Jewish people that does things, that's, you know, I outsource my brain to the rabbi. Let the rabbi think for me. Let the rabbi pray for me. Let the rabbi tell me how to do it. I don't want to think too much. I'm, I'm too busy being a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, an engineer, whatever I am. I'm too busy. A Jewish people that comes to Bera Knesset and prays three times a day and does mitzvot, but never takes ownership of their Judaism, deserves a leadership who doesn't really know how to lead them. 
Because why do they need a great leadership? If everybody's an Am Haaretz, all they need, they don't need a Chacham. They don't even need a Tamid Chacham. All they need is somebody who's less of an Am Haaretz than they are. In fact, somebody once said that some rabbi's greatest fortune is that their congregants are less literate in Judaism than they are. That's all. When chokhmat chachamav, when the wisdom of our chachamim disappears, that's our fault. We're part of that. We contribute to that. We don't demand for greatness. We don't demand our leadership to be righteous. We don't demand leaders who will lead us on the proper path. And so then you have this Judaism. We're foolish. We get such leaders. They guide us on a path of doing mitzvot that are convenient to them, but not the mitzvot the Kadosh Baruch Hu wants. And somewhere, at some point, we have to break the cycle. At some point, we have to stand up and say, Yishayahu, you didn't prophesy for nothing. You didn't die in that cedar tree for nothing. Your prophecies lasted until now because we're the generation that are going to take them to heart. We're the generation that will reach a place where no more will there be a Judaism, mitzvat anashim milumada. No more will you come into a bit of Knesset and ask people a question, a simple question, halakha, and everybody's looking at their shoes. No more will we have a Jewish leadership that you can't even talk to about great things because they lack any semblance of greatness. Somebody say, I wish the great Chachamim of the generation would help. And then you look at who the great Chachamim of the generation are, and you say, these people wouldn't have an inkling of where to start helping our people. They, they don't know anything. If, even if they know a lot of Torah about the world, they know nothing. Then you have the Chachamim, they know everything about the world, but about Torah, they know nothing. It's on us to break that cycle. To stop being mitzvah anashim ilumadah. To give Yeshayahu a little bit of credit. To say, your, your nevoot are real. We take them to heart. We read them just a few weeks ago. And we didn't forget them from a few weeks ago. We don't want to be called Ktsinei Sdom. Officers of Sdom. Am Amora. We don't want to be called the nation of Amora. We want to be called a Kiryane Mana. A faithful city. We want to be known. From Zion will come forth Torah. The word of Hashem will come from Yerushalayim. Will burst forth to the whole world. That's what we want. That's what we yearn for. Maybe this year. As we prepare for Hoshana and Yom Kippurim. We'll have it in mind. This is what we have to do Teshuvah for. We stand up tonight and we say, Ribono Shelolam, Et Averot Kalot I'm going to do Teshuvah now for some Averot that are very big and some Averot that are very small. And then you realize the little small averot, like not saying a bracha with the proper intention, like not knowing why we say this bracha in the first place, it's really part of a bigger ramira. It's sort of a bigger problem. A problem that we can fix. We are capable of fixing. And all of you who are up at this hour of the night learning Torah are already being part of the solution of fixing it. And B'zad Hashem, may Kadosh bless us with the clarity, with the ability, with the strength to make it to that finish line, to bring Am Yisrael back home, v'shaveha b'tzedakah, those who will return to Zion will return to her with righteousness. B'zal